Welcome to the Must Love Self Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I'm your host. Every week, I get to interview a beautiful, courageous, strong woman who is willing to share her ugly and beautiful with the world. Must Love Self is a podcast, a movement, and a decision. It is about women lifting other women up, women holding each other women accountable, and women finding their way along this path. I hope you enjoy. La, 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 la. I am so excited because it's my first double interview with women literally all over the world. I've got Miriam in the Netherlands and I've got Ashley in my home state of Ohio. So welcome. Thank you. Thank Thank you. 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 (laughs) Miriam, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Miriam Baldewijn. I'm 50 years young and I live in the Netherlands. I'm the caregiver for both my husband and my brother. And today I'm a happy, healthy woman. I can't wait to get into your journey. My name is Ashley Jackson, and I am from the OH, like Carly, (laughs) OH. I'm so excited to be talking with you all, the listeners uh, tuning in. Um, A little bit about me. I am a caregiver to my husband and my grandfather, and I have been blessed with some of the best patients um, and patience. <laughs> so, but it's been not an easy journey to take. Taking up the mantle of a caregiver is rough. It's hard. Burnt out a couple times, but through that, I have learned how to love myself, and it is okay to love yourself. And I can't wait to share more of my journey. I can't wait either. And I want to let both of you know, I don't normally call myself that, but I am a hundred percent a caregiver. My, I have three boys and my youngest son has two potentially fatal medical conditions. And so I've been his ad, I consider myself his advocate. I'm his mom. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on this, or if it, you think it changes when it's a child versus a spouse or a family member. I always believed what they said you have to put your own oxygen mask on before assisting someone else with theirs. And then I said BS when it came to my kid, because there was no way on earth I was going to put my oxygen mask before assisting him with his, even though I logically knew that I would burn out and that I wouldn't be able to make it when the stakes are so high and it's your child. It's very hard to follow that logic idea. What are your thoughts on that? I know what you're talking about, Carly, but like Ashley, I burnt out and I feel you when you say you keep going because it's your child. And I was thinking the same until I got a question from a social worker in the hospital when my husband had a kidney pancreas transplant in 2003. And before that time, he was on dialysis, kidney failure, all those horrible things. But anyways, when I got a question, I cried for 15 minutes. I sobbed like a child. My battery was lower than low. I burnt out. So when I came home, I looked in the mirror and I asked myself the question, Miriam, what are you going to do for you? What will happen to your husband, Martin, if something bad happens to you? Mm. And that's when I turned the button in my head and said, Miriam, you got to put your oxygen mask first. So I totally feel what you're talking about. But when it comes to my situation, I needed to do something for myself. And that something included self-care, setting boundaries, asking for help, and much more. 
That is so important. And that actually ties so well into must love self. We cannot be what we want to be and need to be for all the people in our lives and for ourselves and for the universe if we don't take care of ourselves. And I think that self-care has a bad rap. Like it's like a self-help. And I'm like, no, it's not like that. It's not getting a manicure. It's literally finding what your body and your soul needs in order to take care of. It's not like your family member is going to all of a sudden be okay. But I've had to do that. Like, for example, I have to work out every day, like 30 minutes, not because of body stuff, but because I need to burn the anxiety Mm -hmm. before I start the day. Otherwise, I'm a mess. Are there things you guys have found that you have to do for yourself? I mean, absolutely. For me, I love to go on runs for that reason. Um, I might not get out there every day to run, but literally pounding the pavement makes me feel like I am pounding out that stress and anxiety. Another thing, Miriam just cracks up when I tell this one. I love to sneak. Yes, I sneak away from my husband and go into my car, turn up my jams and give everybody a live concert. Now, whether they hear me or not, I don't care. It's my me time. And I'm just rocking out. He might text me and I lower the the car seat back so he can't see me. Because I just need my 10 minutes. I just need my 10 minutes so I can rejuvenate. I really love what you said. It's not like just something that you can go to Barnes and Noble and pick out. Oh, I'm going to read this and figure out how to do self-care. It's what is good for you. My self-care looks different than Miriam's, than yours, Carly. Like that, that's just a fact. And it's not always bubble baths and pedicures. Do I love those things? Oh, yes, absolutely. I love me a massage and a pedicure but I can't get out to do those things. I can go out to my car way easier and sit in there for 10 minutes than I can to pack up and go to the mall and get a pedicure weekly. I can't do that. Yeah. And I have to say, I wrote down me time, which is such an important thing for women, regardless of our situation, that we have to actually force ourselves to take that. I've talked to women who are like, I feel guilty if I go work out for an hour. I feel guilty if I go do this. And I'm like, your partner never feels guilty when they go do that. I've never heard of them say, if it's a man, when they were leaving the house to go golfing for four hours, that they're like, I feel horrible about this. They don't. They enjoy it. And we need to get over ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. But I had to use to making time for myself. That's something I had to get used to. So I journal in the morning. I meditate. That's my self-care. But something I also do is I force myself when I wake up in the morning, I force myself to think of one positive thing I'm going to do each day. And (laughs) it can be, okay, Miriam, today you're going to dance on your favorite music for 10 minutes. Shake what your mama gave you. (laughs) Self-care, just like Ashley said, it differs per person. For me, it can be journaling, meditation. For Ashley, Ashley sneaks <laughs> in her car <laughs> with her favorite music. It is necessary. Listening to the whispers, mm. whispering, sorry, from your body is not a sign of egoism. Yes. By the way, my body whispers, I ignore it. And then what happens is I end up, like I did recently, with an entire torso full of ulcers. And I'm like, okay, universe, I guess Carly needs to remove a whole bunch of stuff. I always feel like I'm at like a barbecue and I've got my paper plate and my paper plates like moist and it's because I have too much stuff on it and I have to take some stuff off. 
And that's like when we really get to the place where we're like, what matters? So I want to get into it with you. I want to ask you both if you would each rate yourself between one and 10 on our three areas. One is that our inner voice is not kind to us or we're not kind to ourselves about this. And 10 is I'm pretty awesome in this area or I'm okay in this area. I'm not struggling. What would you each rate yourself in terms of your body image today? I would say a seven, not a 10, not a one, not a five, but a seven. I'm not there yet. What's there? Like being perfect. Like (laughs) all, you know, no, I'm human. Uh, There are days when I think, okay, I've scheduled this time for myself for my, uh, to do my, to do self-care, but maybe I can reschedule. You know, that negative there in our mind will always throw, you're so busy, let's, let's try to reschedule. And that's when it's very tempting if you're in the middle of something to say, okay, I'll reschedule my self-care moment. So that's something I, I have to work on sometimes, you know? So that's why I say a seven. So yours is a seven, not because you're necessarily unkind to yourself. It's because you don't actually give yourself what you need when you need it all the time. Sometimes. Yeah. Awesome. What is the lowest your number's ever been for your body stuff? That's when I burned out. I would say like zero. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Minus. Right. We have minus here. (laughs) Ashley, what about you? What is your number today? My number today would is actually the same. um, Seven. And mine isn't necessarily that I'm unkind to myself, but there are things that I know I need to work on to be better in better health. So it's not like necessarily the image, but because I need to take care of this vessel so I can take care of other people's vessels. I think that you both have an extra layer of perspective and depth because your main job is to take care of people whose bodies are not okay. And so you actually are not looking at it from like a magazine place. You're looking at from a place of, I have to take care of my body. So like Miriam was saying, so I can take care, who's going to take care? Because the truth is, I think about it all the time. If I just drop dead, nobody would know all the doctors that my son needs. Nobody would know all those numbers. Like they would be able to figure it out, but I would be terrified. And so that's, that's the reason why I need to do a better job at taking care of my body. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And because of the ailments that the the two men that I take care of, I very well know it could possibly happen to me if I don't take care of my, my temple. So that that's, that's it. I love that you called your body, your temple. That's so important because it holds our soul. Mm-hmm. What would you each rate your own worth today? Meaning, you know that you belong here. You know that you are worthy of kindness and respect and love and time. What would you rate yourself, Miriam? Oh, I love it. I love it. It would definitely be, to, be between eight and nine. I am worthy of a wonderful life too. And this affirmation, it helped me when I burned out. Each and every day, I looked in the mirror and reminded myself, Miriam, you are worthy of a wonderful life too. No, it, I completely agree. Ashley? Yeah. Um, I would say probably about a nine. My eyes were open to my purpose. 
last year, just navigating and figuring out like, oh, I do have a place on this earth. Um, Now I don't have to wander around lost (laughs) because I I found my purpose. So it's given me a boost of of self-esteem and being able to meet uh, beautiful people like Miriam and and you, Carly. So I I would say about a nine. You know what I notice about our worth is I know that one of the areas that I have a hard time in is I used to have a really hard time in accepting help from other people. Like that made me intensely uncomfortable. But then when I went through my divorce and moved and I was living by myself as a single mom, like I have to ask for help. Like there's just certain things I can't do by myself. So I'm getting better at that. But receiving gifts is so uncomfortable to me. I cannot even tell you. So like I send people presents all the time. I make art and I love sending it out and it makes me feel joyful. And I, it's just nothing. And when someone sends me something, I feel uncomfortable and like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. They did that. It is ridiculously connected to my worth. And I'm aware logically that it's selfish to not want to receive that. But I was wondering how you guys each do with that area of your worth. I'm today, I'm totally fine with receiving gifts, um, gratitude, thank you from people. Um, But I know what you're talking about because there was a time when I had the same problem. But today I am totally fine when it comes to receiving from others. Why? Because we deserve it. Mm-hmm. What helped I, you get yeah, there? We deserve it. What helped you get there? Um, realizing what I gave others mm. so that their health, their life, the quality of their life extended. So that's why I said, Miriam, you deserve it as well. So it's okay to receive gratitude gifts from someone else, from someone else. Yeah. Thank you. What about you, Ashley? So (laughs) uh, that's actually my love language. One of them, Uh, giving and receiving gifts. And it's funny how you kind of equated that to receiving help because I struggled with receiving help. Um, but now I don't, you, you know, someone says, can I do, yep. What was that? I'm calling you next week. Cause you offered, and I'm going to remind you that you offered, <laughs> but you know, there was a time where I was like, no, no. Cause I thought receiving that help was uh, a sign of weakness. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to be viewed as weak because caregivers can't be, we got to be the strong one. We can't be crying or breaking down because the person we're taking care of is weak and broken down. So, but yeah, it, it's so funny you mentioned that because uh, giving and receiving gifts is totally my love language and how I show my love language. Um, so it's so interesting, all the little layers. The last one I want you guys to rate yourself in is your ability to use your voice to advocate for yourself. Because mm. I know all three of us can advocate for other people. We have no problem doing that. Yeah. That's a good one, Carly. That's a good one. She's making me think. I love it. You better think. (laughs) Um, I would say today. I always say today, probably in eight. What are the areas that you have a hard time using your voice for yourself? Sometimes asking for help. Mm. Mm -hmm. I will always struggle. I wouldn't 
say struggle, but I always think, no, Miriam, you can, you got this, you got this. And when I feel like, no, no, mm -hmm. you gotta ask for help. It's easier for me to ask for help now. Way more easier, yeah. Ashley? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I think I'd be between today, seven and eight. I've gotten a lot better. Um, but my thing is I still struggle with uh, setting boundaries. I still let a lot of people in that probably need to go sit down somewhere and don't knock on my door no more. I still let them knock and I still let them enter. And it's something that I'm going to have to continually work on. And I know this. So I want you to, when you start working on it and you pay attention to it, to ask yourself if you're able to see that it's connected to your worth. Because if we know that somebody shouldn't be part of our inner world and we keep letting them, at least in my experience, I think that has something to do with our worth and not being willing to say no, like this is my answer without any explanation. Right. We always want to explain and apologize and make it so the other person seems like they understand, but they're not always going to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe ask yourself the question, do I want to say yes to Ashley? Oh, I love that. Because that means no to the other person. Right. Yes, it's and so true, this, right? We all logically it. know it, right? <laughs> but it's so true. I always think, yeah, because I work with other women. And when I say to them, anything you're saying yes to, you're taking away from the other things that you've already said yes to. So my biggest yes is my kids. And anything I add on my plate is taking away from some of their time and space and all the other things that I've promised. I want to go back to your childhoods. And I want to ask each of you to tell us what your experience or memories are from what you remember being told or taught or shown about what a woman is supposed to be like or not be like. Ooh. Ooh. I love this one. You know, my parents always, always told me, Miriam, you are enough. Mm. That's huge. And I, yeah, I was, I think I was seven. So that's 43 years ago. And I still remember it. So that's something that really helped me while growing up. I often think of these words, you know why? I don't have my parents anymore. And sometimes, you know, you're, you're in a situation where you need, your, need to ask yourself the question, am I enough? And then I remember the words of both my dad and my mom, Miriam, you are enough. I'm getting goosebumps. I know. I, like I have that. to tell you, Miriam, that every woman I speak with, there's two things that keep coming through and it is there's nothing wrong with you and you are enough. And I think that you're really lucky that you had that message when you grew up. I did not hear those words. I did not feel them in the society I was in. And I don't think that our society preaches them at all. Our society is constantly telling us, actually, you're not enough. You're not pretty skinny, successful, achieving, you know, whatever it is, there's this, I talked to another woman the other day. She said, there's an imaginary finish line that we're never going to get to that. We, you think you're getting there. And then while you're sleeping, someone moves it. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about you, Ashley? What was your memories of what a woman was supposed to be like, or not be like when you were in childhood? So I grew up in a loving two parent household. So like Miriam, um, you know, my childhood, 
I was just told, I was told every day I was loved, uh, mm. you know, you're, and then just, <laughs> they, they really built me up to be a strong woman. Um, and it was funny. I, I laughed because later in life, uh, my mom told me that my dad asked her one day, well, why does, why does Ashley do X, Y, or Z? And, and my mom told him, because we taught her to do this, these things. We told her she was loved. We told her, don't take bull crap out here from any old guy that comes up and says you're pretty because she knows she needs to ask some questions. And, you know, what questions? <laughs> um, who are your parents? Where do you live? What are your goals in life? Okay, if you're in this station in life, where are we going? later you know there's so many different questions that i i was like trained to ask um so uh <laughs> that's so it, awesome yeah and then you know my dad he he passed away suddenly about 10 years ago so those lessons he taught have just always been in the back of my mind um and i actually found this awesome quote earlier today and I posted it on my mom's wall and it it sparked a memory that I had of a conversation my dad because my dad would tell me some things about their marriage he would pass down with he didn't know he was passing the wisdom to me but the quote said I want people to know I have money by the way my wife looks mm. and I posted it to my mom's wall. I said mom I remember a conversation that dad and I had and he said he never wanted you to walk out of the house looking raggedy. Mm. He would have let his shoes get holes in them before he let you walk out the house looking a mess because he wanted the world to know what his wife, you know, was on this pedestal. Um, not, you know, not That's a worship love. thing, That's but, beautiful. you know, like the, I want her up here. Um, and I said, I really, and I just told her, I said, I really miss his wisdom surrounding life and marriage. Cause he would just drop nuggets. And when you're 20, 18, 20 years old, you went, you're like, Oh, what that stop. You're like, get out of my room. That's weird. But when I think back on those conversations that we had, he didn't, he didn't even know he was prepping me for my own marriage and how I should view myself in it and how I should act as a wife, how I should receive the love or what I should expect because my barometer is way up there, buddy. <laughs> I love that so much. Can I ask each of you, cause I ask all women, I've been finding that there's a cultural difference based on our skin color or, or the culture we grew up in, in terms of what a, a woman's body should or shouldn't look like. And I want to know what your experiences with that, because typically, and obviously there's no stereotype for anybody. I noticed that white women tend to want to be super skinny and like, you know, like there's not, you cannot get small enough. And I've noticed that black women actually celebrate their curves in a way that I wish white women would do. What was your experience in that area? Well, I was born in South America. And yes, they do love the white hips, you know. <laughs> um, my mom was a plus size. My aunt, everybody in my family was a plus size. 
Growing up, I was very skinny. When I came to Europe, the Netherlands, um, yes, everybody wants to be skinny, a size four, six, or eight. I love that you're asking this, and I'm going to share this with you. When Martin, my husband, started suffering from kidney failure, uh, when, no, when we just met, back in 1998, um, we went out for dinner lots of times and I gained a lot of weight. So one morning I woke up and I said, you know, do you still love me? I have to ask you this, do you still love me? But because I've gained a lot of weight. And Carly, he, he told me, Miriam, you're still the same Miriam I met a couple of months ago. The same Miriam that dances to traditional music, the same Miriam that's <laughs> um, I've known you have Miriam has changed her body but Miriam hasn't changed and I still love Miriam and that's when I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with this guy <laughs> and he, comf he comforted me I could be me but there is a difference I grew up with my family all of the women were plus size so I'm, I'm interested if, if most of the women your whole life were plus size, which I find another weird label, but they were beautiful and sexy, large, curvy. Right, sexy curvy. Um, why yeah. do you think your inner voice was telling you that you're not going to be lovable because your body was getting bigger? That was when I moved to, to the so Netherlands. So you think that yeah. that yeah. culture? Yeah. When I moved to the Netherlands, living here in Europe, when you looked at the magazines, you, you only saw the skinny, I wouldn't use the word skinny, but the size six and eight women. And what I experienced is that I wanted to be like them, a size six and a, or a size eight. And I was a size eight when I met Martin. And now I'm a size 16, but I'm but a happy woman. I think that what it is though, is because our society and culture only shows us these women and this is all that's put up literally on billboards right uh -huh. yeah. in the biggest most celebrated way is because it's painting this picture of if you are like this then your life will be like this and this is what is good and they don't show anything else and so i actually <clears throat> stopped reading beauty magazines i literally don't look at anything that is like that shows those models anymore. I don't follow anyone on social media that confuses my brain's image of what a woman is supposed to look like, because I noticed that it was, it would mess with my mind. Yeah. Yes. And you know, Carly, the last thing I want to say is um, I owned a plus size web shop in exclusive women's clothing because I was so determined to show the world that everybody is beautiful. Yes. Everybody is beautiful. And I succeeded. I closed this web shop in 2019, two years ago, because I wanted to do something else. Um, but I succeeded. Everybody's beautiful. And when it you say everybody, what I wrote down was everybody. Because that's, that's what I mean. Yes. Everybody. Yes. And, and everybody. everybody. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Ashley, what about you? What has your experience been with this? Um. Yeah, definitely. You know, I grew up in it's it was mainly a Caucasian uh, city that I grew up in. So there was that that pressure. But at home, I never felt like 
my parents were like, oh, you're getting big. You need to lose weight or anything. It was never like that. Um, my both sides, the, the women on my mom's side and my dad's side are curvy. I mean, plus size and curvy um, together even. So it was just something that was probably naturally going to happen. And, um, you know, my, my husband tells me the same sentiment as Miriam, you know, I, you know, he, he, he likes it. So, I mean, I, I mean, what, what else do I need to say? I know. So, but I have to tell you this. So I have a husband who loves my body and we live in different States. So we send each other naughty pictures and we're very fun, but he didn't understand because before I went on this journey about two years ago to get to a place where I was like, I'm sick of not liking my body. This is ridiculous. I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. He would tell me all the time and I'd be like, look, I love you, but it literally means nothing because until I believe it, yeah. it wasn't going to help. And so I, that's because I had disordered eating for so long. I had to literally make a decision. I am no longer going to be like this anymore. Like I do not want to spend the, the whatever time I have left here, not liking this, like you said, this temple that God gave me to live my life. It's, it's ridiculous. And it's embarrassing to like have to spend that much time and energy thinking about my body. Right. Mm -hmm. I used to like, you know, oh, I'm not going to wear a two piece. And I was like a couple years ago, I said, F that I got my two piece and I'm just out there on the beach. Like, you're like, what? you get the cheeks and everything today. I don't care. You can have a roll two shoot. I love it. (laughs) I want to ask both of you how you both found yourself on this path to be these professional caregivers. How has that happened for you? How we, how we met, how we found each other. How you each found your path in your Mm. career right now. Um, Being a caregiver requires so much strength, courage, and patience. I burnt out. Like I told you before, I burnt out. But I taught myself some nice techniques and tools. And those techniques and tools helped me get out of the darkness. That was more than 18 years ago, I'm talking about. So I promised myself that I wouldn't burn out again. So whenever I feel like I'm getting exhausted again, stressed, I go to my mirror and ask myself the question, Miriam, what are you going to do for you today? What are you going to do? So last year in August, as I was journaling, I started writing about it, about my journey. And I discovered that, that I love writing. It really helps me. It calms me. And I can help other people by sharing my story, mm-hmm. my caregiver story. And it's necessary because caregivers burnout is rarely discussed. And it's time that the world knows what caregivers go through. Because it feels like, um, for me, it feels like I'm complaining or like, how dare I? Mm -hmm. And you feel guilty for even saying, like when someone asks, how are you? And you feel guilty for being like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. But it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. And you, you know, we do it because we... We love our people. We mm-hmm. love. I love my husband. I love my brother. But love isn't enough to recharge my battery overnight. I yep. need to take care of myself. What about you, Ashley? Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with what Miriam said. 
and I guess, you know, when, when my husband was declared cancer free after battling a rare cancer in stage four for three years. Um, and I was also planning our wedding in that frame of time as well with the burnout. <laughs> um, when I, when we got to March, 2020, when he was declared cancer free, um, I had wrapped myself up into his care and his treatment so much that when they said we finally got our miracle and I'm like, yay. And then like almost a week or two later, I'm like, wait, what am I supposed to be doing now? Because I'm not having to go up and down the highway to take him to treatment. So what that's, that was my whole thing in life. That's what I, I wrapped myself up into him. So I had to, you know, take a step back, figure out what my purpose was because it wasn't just being his caregiver. Um, so I, I hired a business coach and one thing led to another, figured out my purpose, like I was telling you earlier, Carly, um, and that's how Timeless Dream Events was born. Um, so, and, and my caregiver advocacy. So I'm just, I, I'm loving this space that I'm in now. It encourages me and motivates me to wake up every day and see who I can help. That's how I was able to meet Miriam um, because had I not become more bold and, uh, you know, reaching out to other caregivers, I don't think I ever would have met Miriam. No, I know. Yeah. And we've just been on this path together uh, for a while now, just telling our stories and telling uh, women and men that are caregivers or heck, even non-caregivers, like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to be willing to to want to to reach that light. Are you yeah, both? And are you go ahead? No, please go ahead. You know, and because we both pulled ourselves out of a dark place called burnout, we now have the privilege and pleasure to serve others yep. and mainly fellow caregivers. So I really love what we are doing now. Absolutely. I know you're gonna help so many yeah. people and you already are. I want to invite both of you into lightning round. And so here we go. Uh -oh. I'm going to ask you guys quickly and we'll go to Miriam and Ashley and back. So Miriam, I want you to think about that time that you were burnt out. I want to know what you would say to her today. I would say, Miriam, please have the courage to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Because you are so worthy of a wonderful life. What about you, Ashley? What is think of one of your lowest spots? maybe around that time when everything was so hard and tell us what you would say to her now from you today. Ashley, girl, you can ask for help. It's a sign of strength, not weakness. Mm. So true. I want to know what each of your 80 year old selves would say to you today. Ooh. 80, like eight zero. Eight zero. Miriam, woman, I am so proud of you that you allowed yourself, you gave yourself permission to enjoy your life together with your loved ones and helping fellow caregivers. I'm so proud of you. It feels good. Ashley, what about you? Yes, uh, Ashley, I am so proud of all the things that you have overcome in life. You didn't sit down and lay down when the times got tough 
and you remembered your daddy's favorite saying, you can either have your footprints in the sand or your butt prints in the couch. Mm-hmm. You can get out there and decide to chase your dreams. And you did just that. That is so awesome. I want to know what each of you thinks beautiful means to you. What beautiful means to me. That's a good one. What beautiful means to me, to Miriam, is being able to do the things I love in my life with my loved ones, doing something that helping others that's beautiful seeing people grow on a personal level so their quality of life can extend that's beautiful to me ashley i would say live laugh love Mm -hmm. celebrating any moment in life no matter how small or how big i think that's beautiful i do too What does it mean to be a strong woman? A strong woman is a woman who has the courage to say no to others and yes to herself. Mm. Strong. Yeah. You know, saying, seeing no to others is saying yes to myself, setting boundaries, asking for help, doing self-care, the whole package. Allowing myself to see possibilities and grab opportunities Hmm. is also strength for Miriam. Hmm. Ashley? Uh, Being strong. Man, I'd say knowing your worth, walking out your path no matter where, it leads it is your own personal journey Mm. and just staying the course no matter how hard it gets i can hear your father in there yeah (laughs) when you know when you know this is what you're supposed to be doing you won't let anybody deter you away from that path i'm so jealous because i still have no idea what i'm supposed to be doing and i hear you and so i'm like I just need to keep trusting. I hired a career coach to help me because I'm in another transition and I am impatient Mm -hmm. and I want to know now and I need to just keep trusting. That's, that's my (laughs) biggest, you know, when someone asks, I'm like, hire a business coach. I, I don't know what else to tell you, but that's literally the best decision I had made thus far in my life. I mean, other than marrying my beautiful husband, of course. But um, it, it literally helps you with clarity and it comes to you. I don't think if I would have taken the time to sit down and talk about things, I don't know if I would be here at this point. And as a caregiver, I never give myself that time. So when I get to have that moment with my coach, I'm like, oh my God, this is lovely. Um, Two Uh more questions. Well, actually three more. What do you want others to say about you? I want others to say about me um, the following. Wow, that is a strong woman. Mm. A woman who also helped me become the woman I, or man I am today. The woman who 
gave me or taught me how to have the courage to see how beautiful I am, how, how strong I am. But also the woman who got me out of my comfort zone mm. to evolve, to become the woman I am today. What about you, Ashley? Um, goodness. Taking that first step can be scary, but just take the step and take and continue to take your baby steps because you are you will soar, you will fly. Trust your instincts and it will take you far. If you each found out that you only have six months left to live, what do you want to do with the rest of your time? First of all, I want to spend the time with my loved ones. But I also would like to do the first thing on my bucket list, and that is travel to one of the seven world wonders. Mm. And I would definitely call people and tell them how much I love them and tell them how much love can do for human beings on earth. Ashley? Yep. I'm, I would travel. Mm-hmm. Um, traveling is a huge passion of mine. Um, so traveling to the places that I haven't been able to yet, um, meeting new people and telling them my experiences, you know, that's, that's all I can do is just share my, my story and hopefully it resonates with people and just showing all my loved ones how much I care about them. Um, before it would be my time. I have last words from each of you. I want to know if you could give one piece of advice for every woman all over the world that's listening. What do you each want to tell them? Uh, what my parents told me, know that you are enough and please know your word. Love that. Ashley? Yeah, definitely. Knowing your worth is huge, Miriam. Thank you. Um, know your worth. Know that you are special and that you have meaning here on this earth mm-hmm. and it's up to you to find it but when you do girl watch out you are watch blossom. out watch you out blossom a phoenix rising out of the ashes tell us how we find you people can find me via www.miriambaldwin.com I'm on Instagram, Miriam Baldwin, Facebook, Miriam Baldwin, Clubhouse, Miriam Baldwin, TikTok. (laughs) Um, And I offer a six-week online program for caregivers who want to learn how to stay in their power and in harmony while they take care of their loved ones. Caregiver 2.0, why 2.0? Right now they are caregiver 1.0. And when they are done with my six-week online program, they are transformed to a much better caregiver who takes both care of herself or himself and their loved one. Caregiver 2.0. Thank you so much. What about you, Ashley? Love that. You can find me at timelessdreamevents.com. I have a book coming out on June 18th. So Father's Day weekend as a nod to my wonderful dad 
husband and grandfather. And I think I've come to the same conclusion as you, Carly, that uh, it's a self-love book for myself too. What's it called? <laughs> it's called Lost Travel Found. I will include it and it we'll have a link to it for both of yours. I'm so excited. Is there a website that people can connect with you on? Yes. Um, so uh, timelessdreamevents.com is where you can find me to, you know, book a chat with me, uh, pre-order the book or, you know, when it does get officially published on June 18th, you can order it through my website as well. It will be on Amazon. Um, you can connect with me on Facebook, Timeless Dream Events, Instagram, TikTok, um, Clubhouse, Timeless Dream. I'm pretty much anywhere, YouTube as well, um, anywhere I can share my story and post all the things encouraging. That's where you can find me. Thank you both so much. Seriously, don't get off because I have to ask you a question before we get off. I want to thank you so much for all of your beauty and your worth and your knowledge that you shared. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day, and I love you. And one more thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. La, 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 la,